stupid fucked up wicked high don't you ever just wonder why we didn't learn the true history but now they're about to teach you and me oh, 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 oh. Okay, cool. It's happening. Excellent. Chugging some water and or vodka over there. Oh, it's just water and my cat is trying to eat the potato chips that I'm snacking. <laughs> you just can't snack when you're telling the story, even though it's very interesting and you're going to want to like on some chips, you can't do it. No, I know. Okay. Well, yay. Welcome in. I'm Liv. I'm Abby. And this is Untold High Story. The podcast where we tell you things you never knew you needed to know. And also just doing it while intoxicated and stoned, because at the end of the day, this is just a smoke sesh. Exactly. We just want you to come to our circle. Yeah. If this was a music festival, we'd want you to hang out in our Let's camp. Let's set the mood, even though we're like 20 episodes deep and hopefully people already have the mood. But You think if you've gotten this far, you know what the mood is. You're part of the mood. You are the mood. It's true. Arlo is barking up a fucking storm. He feels storm. more anxious to me, and I'm not even with him. Is it the other dogs no. being No, you know what it is? I know exactly what it is. He is coming of age, and he's a little hornball teenager dog. Got and it. he is peeing on everything, and he's humping everything, so... Things they don't tell you when you have a puppy, that they're gonna be a little sex no! demon. especially a boy puppy. He's a sex demon, and he needs to get his things snipped. He's saucy. He's a saucy boy. I can't deal with his little, like, feisty energy. It's gotta go. Well, let's dive into it. Yeah, I want to hear all about your topic. I don't have any weed in front of me. We had just been doing research. And- I made a poor choice, and I went to this dispensary today, bought some cartridges, bought some flour. Which one? The one by your house? Yes, the one by my house. For all of you non-weed smokers, there's two different strands. Put you to sleep, wake you up. I had a wake-me-up weed, and it was keeping me up all fucking night, and I couldn't fucking go to sleep. Oh, boy, dude. I'd smoke my, like, nighttime bowl, and then it'd be 2 a.m., and I'd be like, bink! Existential crisis. Existential crisis. Knock, knock, knock. I'm here. Yeah. The weed I purchased, it's not from a dispensary, and I oftentimes don't know what strain it is, Mm -hmm. so I often make the same mistake of, like, getting up at 2 a.m. to pee, can't fall back asleep, oh, let me just smoke a quick bowl, and then it's like, I want to paint a masterpiece. Like, I'm very creatively charged and ready to roll. Oh, yeah. It's like, let me climb this mountain and paint on top of the mountain and then have, like, a one with the world ceremony and then drive home later and then get some coffee and run five miles. <laughs> yeah, that's the feeling. You're funny. So I'm happy to smoke a different type of weed, get a little wine in me and like Absolutely. hear your story. You inspired me from your last mm. topic to look up some specific folks. I wish I inspired myself last week because I was just very uninspired last week. And I don't think it shows. I don't think it shows because I did find someone who's dope. But yeah, I just wasn't yeah. feeling it as I probably should have been. You had a little writer's block. A little writer's block. You know, we had some changes in terms of the logistics of the podcast and getting her off the ground. So it's just been kind of a... It's been a week. Transition fees, face. You could never tell you were an English I'm not major. even drunk. You're drunk. Oh, Shut man. up. Tell me who 
Your lady is. Okay, so have you ever heard of Boudica? Queen Boudica Queen also Bo- is what oh. she goes by, but her name is Boudica. Have you ever heard of that? Ring any Never. Bells? I would remember that name if that name was across the screen at any point in my life. Mm. Boudica. Mm. So Boudica was the original Braveheart, which have you ever seen Braveheart? We're talking Mel Gibson, 1995 Braveheart. Oh, God. um, It's ringing a bell, but no. Oh, my God. My mom would literally slap you. My mom is, is a Is it about a war? Braveheart is there fan. some? Oh, God. I look very bad right now. Well, so it's an American epic historical fiction war film. It's directed and co-produced by Mel Gibson, who also plays the main <gasps> character. Is is this the movie that spoiler 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 alert at the way end he gets his leg blown off i don't know no different movie okay different movie. because this is about a 13th century scottish warrior this is like old. oh no not what i'm thinking of the movie i'm thinking about is during like world war ii i think you're thinking and of it's graphic what's the one with d-day pearl harbor is that the movie you're thinking of no maybe i don't know it doesn't matter. Okay, but anyway, so anyway. she's the original Braveheart? She's the original Braveheart. She led her tribe of British Celts in a bloody and ultimately doomed, so spoiler alert, rebellion against their Roman occupiers. So this was all about the British seeking their independence from the Romans who had invaded at the oh. time. We're AD 60s right now. Wait, at one point people were invading... The British? Yes. Why do they not remember that? You gotta wonder. Honestly, it's like, did they get inspired by the Romans? Yeah. Because they were invaded by the Romans, and then they were like, this works! Let's use it! Maybe, maybe they, like, got a little spark right? creativity. But anyway, so she led the fucking British to their freedom. Absolutely. So she was a queen of the British Celtic tribe Iceni, I believe it's pronounced I-C-E-N-I. Iceni. Yeah. I'm going to use that for the rest of the time. Who led an uprising against the Roman Empire, which was, like I said, AD 60, between 60 and 61. Mm -hmm. So according to Roman sources, these are the people who were defeated. So that's important to keep that in mind. Okay. Shortly after the uprising failed, she poisoned herself or died of her wounds, quote unquote, although there is no actual evidence of her fatal demise. Shit got so bad that this bitch ended up dissolving herself because she was like... Like, it's better than just... Yeah, so I'm going to get into it. She is considered a British folk hero, even still today. She's a striking-looking woman, according to all records. She was very tall, the glance of her eye most fierce, her voice very harsh. A great mass of the reddest hair fell down upon her hips. Her appearance was beautifully terrifying is a direct quote of someone who was describing her whether they had seen her in real life or just seen a picture of her that was a historian's direct quote of her damn honestly when i read that i was like oh brave the disney movie that's probably similar to what she, you know like the long ass red curly brave, hip- like 10 years down the road when she's like a sexy badass 28 year old independent female well right because she is in her 20s when all this shit goes down cool Okay. Boudicca's husband, his name was, and I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this, Prosutagus? Prosutagus. Prosutagus, I believe, is the correct pronunciation. That's an icky name. I know. So she had two kids with him. 
their names are not on record anywhere. The troubled started when he, I'm just going to call him he because I'm not going to try to pronounce his name again. He hoped to gain the favor of the Romans. And so he made the Roman emperor Nero, that was the emperor at the time, co-heir with his daughters to his considerable kingdom and wealth. So he was like, when I go, half my shit belongs to the Roman Empire and half of it belongs to my daughters. By doing this, he hoped to keep his kingdom and household free from attacks. He knew that the Romans and the Britons were at war. He knew there was all this nasty shit going on. Basically, if I give it over to the Romans as a token of my like, gratitude, yeah, right, right. Here you go. We're good. Let's just be. Chill. We respect you. Don't destroy my house. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So he ruled while he was still alive. He ruled as an ally of Rome. Okay, and he left his kingdom jointly, like. I I said to the daughters and the Roman emperor. But unfortunately, the Roman governor of Britain at the time was this dude named Suetonius Palinus, who had other ideas. Can I pause and just catch up to make sure I know what's going on? Yep. Guy with first long name, pro blah, blah, whatever. He's married. Suetonius is married to Boudicca. Okay, so Pigai, he's Roman, but he married her and she's British. Well, no, no, no. So they're British, oh. but he's running as an ally to the Roman I see. because he doesn't want discourse. So during this whole thing, he's like, I'm going to play nice with the enemy and I'm going to give them my shit. Yep. Exactly. Okay, I see, I see. That makes more sense. I feel like something was going on where maybe he was sick or he knew that he was dying, but okay. it was very important to him in his will that he specified that the Roman Empire get half and my family get half because like this is a token of goodwill he's thinking that'll keep them alive right but he dies and his lands and households are plundered by the roman officers and their slaves so they go in there and they just tear shit up just like everything what allegedly during that whole situation boudica was flogged and her daughters were raped by several roman (gasps) officials just like freshly grieving terrible situation husband just died dad just died then we find out he sold his soul to the enemies and they destroyed our house that was basically because they were not content with the land that he had left many other Iceni chiefs suffered a similar situation, even if they had these Roman alliances. They were still just being tossed to the wayside and fucking attacked. So not surprisingly, many of them were obviously outraged. So this began this whole rebel movement against the Romans by all these jaded people. Yeah, because the Romans weren't sticking to their necessary word that they made with those people, and now everyone's pissed. Yeah, exactly, dude. And so at first they had really good progress. The Britons were super successful. They captured the hated Roman settlement of Colchester. They had all of these really big successes in terms of like mm-hmm. defeating the Romans up front. Okay. So then the revolting Britons even desecrated Roman cemeteries. They mutilated statues. Oh my god. Dude, they were all in. They would just go in and ransack fucking Roman cities. Like, or Roman occupied cities, I should say. Damn. Some of these mutilated statues can still be seen today. They just left them up? Yep. They just wanted it to be a reminder <laughs> yeah. of the time, maybe not necessarily against something. Well, you have to think about if it was happening in Britain or whatever, that is a symbol of their fight to freedom, which this is all very hypocritical. 
in my opinion. Exactly. They're literally here like, look at what we did to be our own country. And then suddenly whenever other people want to be their own country, they're like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. That's dumb. Okay, Okay, but whatever. I mean. So the main dude of the Romans, and I can't really pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. It's like Suetonius. He was the initial dude who was like, fuck your will. We're taking your daughters. Yeah, we're taking all your shit. Yes. He fled with his troops into relative safety of the Roman military zone, and he decided to challenge Boudicca, okay? So she's technically left in charge of everything. Oh. Because the king is dead. So even though they came in and took the land and everything- They still had a king and queen. She's still standing strong. Right. She's still standing strong and saying, these are my people, this is my oh. village. He assembled an army of 10,000 regulars and auxiliaries. Damn. I'm oh, sorry, I have the hiccups. A little tiny bit. It's Valentine's Day. So I'm just like, <laughs> champagne. Okay, so he rallies his troops. He rallies the troop 10,000 regulars, and it was fought in the Midlands of England, possibly at a place called Mansetter, which is near Nuneaton. Are you trying to say like Manchester? Well, so it, at the time it was known as Mansetter. So it's probably these days Manchester. Probably, yeah. And then Nuaton, I don't know if that's still a place in England. Yeah, but. a lot of things have probably changed. It makes me I don't think Newport's a town, but it makes me think of that. But yeah, so they like gather together. Yep, the Roman historian Tacitus recounts this super vivid account of battle. Boudicca and her daughters drove around in her chariot to all of their tribes before the battle took place. And she was hyping people up. She was talking to people. She was yeah. Getting them fucking fired up to fight and to revolt for her husband's sake, for the sake of their people, all of this. She cried that she was descended from the mighty men and she was fighting as an ordinary person for her lost freedom, her bruised body, and her outraged daughters at that point is like her campaign. Damn. So she's the queen of all of Britain right now, right? Of the Britons. Yes. This is a region in like Southern Britain that is mainly where they're from. Yeah, and I'm sure it's heavily populated down there. You have to think of the time. Well, right, and all of Britain isn't unified at this point. She's mainly in charge of this Southern region. Yeah, yeah, because they're probably separated like that. Okay, and she's going around hyping everybody up, getting them on board. Exactly. It is said that she asked them to consider, this is the direct quote, win the battle or perish. That is what I, a woman, will do. You men can live on in slavery if that's what you want. Wow. So she was basically like, I'm gonna fight this battle as a badass bitch, and if y'all want to live in slavery, that's cool, but like, basically that's your option. Live in slavery or die. Finally, the Britons stood behind her. They attacked, crowding in on the Roman defensive line that was established all around the city. The order was given and a volley of several thousand heavy Roman javelins were thrown towards the Britons advancing on them. This is just a play-by-play of the battle, basically. Yeah, it sounds horrible. The lightly armed Britons must have suffered massive casualties within the first few minutes of battle. Oh my god. The Romans moved in for the kill, attacking in tight formation, stabbing anyone in the front three lines (gasps) with their short swords. Graphic content. very graphic. They were clearly like killing everyone. They had attacked it. That's what killed me. I'm gonna me. be honest, it wasn't looking promising. Not that it was a woman leading, but the fact that it was a bunch of random civilians. That she had to talk into yeah, going in the first place. That probably never even like hit anybody. And she's like, I need you to come carry this long sword and stab people and cut their heads off. Exactly. 
The Britons now had little chance with so many of them involved in the battle. It is likely that their massed ranks worked against them by restricting their movements so they were unable to use their long swords effectively. So basically, you were not succeeding. Because the only tactical way was to have a short sword and to like quick stab quick stab. To ensure the success, the Roman cavalry was released, which promptly encircled the enemy and began their slaughter from the rear. Then, eventually, the Romans came back. They pulled back, and they came in from the rear. Seemingly mad with bloodlust, quote-unquote, it's recorded that (gasps) 80,000 Britons, men, women, and children were slaughtered. The Romans fucking suck too. Oh, listen to this. The, the Roman losses amounted to guess how many? Oh, was it like 20 people? Was it sad? 400. Oh, those 80,000 people though. That is the size of St. Cloud, Minnesota. And 400 is like... It's like our graduating class at college or like a normal people's high school graduating class. We're not normal because we had less than 100 people in our class. Yeah, normal people. I only have 80 people in my graduate. I think 80. I had 107. Were you in the top 20? Were you up there? I don't think they did that. I don't know. I don't... If I don't remember, I probably wasn't up there. <laughs> no, but you were in National Honor Society. Oh, yeah, but that's That me. means you're in the top 20% or whatever. Oh, is it? I don't know. I Wait, so. but we're getting off topic. So what else happens with your girl? She dies? So, no, no, no. So she wasn't killed in the fucking battle, miraculously. Like I said in the beginning, it's alleged accounts that she took poison very oh, shortly wow. after so that she wouldn't be taken alive by the Romans. As like a prisoner of war. Yeah, she was yeah. like, I'd rather just kill myself because they're gonna fucking kill me and like maybe torture me and like whatever and so she secured a special place of her own in British folk history obviously by doing so she's remembered mainly for her courage she's remembered as the warrior queen who fought the might of Rome wow that's like a direct quote of what people refer to her as in England and in a way she did get her revenge so in 1902 a bronze statue of her riding high on her chariot was designed by this dude named Thomas Thornycroft. Thornycroft. And that was placed on the Thomas Embankment next to the House of Parliament in an old Roman capital of London, Britain. Sad. I'm going to be honest. I bet you anything I've been past this statue and I didn't notice it, didn't think about it. She's just kind of a really strong, inspirational woman. Not so much for feminism because like, I feel like she's detached from that movement because a lot of her legacy comes from her husband's work. You know what I mean? Like, she really wouldn't have a story if it wasn't for who she fucking married. So, do they, like, teach about her in school, do you think? I don't know. That would be something we should I should have probably looked up before we started. If they described her as British folklore, I'm sure I'm they I'm just w- doing a quick Utica in British schools. Yeah, see if she's there. Yes, you do. You learn about the Queen of Iceni, which is what she Whoa. is. They don't tend to teach people that she kills herself. That's funny that Google says that. Leave that part out, Steve. And they also don't tend to mention the names of her daughter, as there is no official recorded record of them, but they do definitely teach about her in terms of the battle that she faced and her stand-up to the Romans. Hell yeah. Okay, I liked her. That was fun. Very cool. Oh. Yeah. Boudica, I just love her name. It's very nice. It's really strong and empowering. Beautiful. Okay, I'm also was secretly happy when you told me that she was from England, because... I'm doing a girl from England. Do tell. But mine's like thousands of years ahead of time because this is in the 1500s. So does that mean it's the 14th century? 
century? No, you go one up. It's the 16th century. 16th century. Okay. So I'm doing Mary Frith, and she has a couple names as well. She's also Mall Frith or Mall Cut Purse, which is my all-time favorite. I will link our sources, but I've got a bunch of stuff from Britannica, Wikipedia, HistoricUK.com, and then this East End Women's Museum. I will also link my sources, but I also got the majority of my shit from wikipedia and whatever i didn't yes we will always always post our sources if you want to take a deeper look yeah learn some more stuff if you find any books on anything or articles you think we should read please 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 reach out via email yeah follow us on instagram like subscribe download that was the perfect segue for the plug good job abby you're welcome please subscribe love you thank you Bye. psa over Okay, are you ready to listen to my girl? Yes. This woman, I just have to say, I keep choosing these people. Everything that they think about her, even though she has an autobiography and she has a play written about her and she has like a bunch of shit, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that her life was fabricated. Not like the whole thing, but they think that a lot of it was elaborated on to make it more interesting. Well... What's wrong with that? Nothing. Because even if you, like, made this story more boring, she would still be a badass lady. (laughs) Mary was born in London in 1584 or 1589. They don't know her birthday. 84 or 89. So that's only a five-year gap. Okay. Yeah. So not much of a difference. But she was the daughter of a cobbler and a housewife. And they were very poor. And she was pretty much going to be forced into slavery Mm -hmm. once she gets old enough. Unless she got married. Then she would go live and be a housewife to her husband. Every time she would get taught sewing or, you know, like the typical housewife shit, she would purposely fuck it up. She'd be like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, my God. Throw it in the trash. Oh, my God. That's what my boyfriend does with massages. Yeah. I'm bad at it. And then you're like, okay, I'm not going to ask you anymore then. She's okay. a brilliant woman. She just straight up was like, I suck. Oh. And then people would be like, yeah. we don't want to deal with you. And then she would go out and hang out with all the guys and she would watch these fights There's this thing called cudgel fights. I talk about that a lot because that's her favorite thing. And I looked it up and these people pretty much just have giant sticks and they hit each other with them. Sounds therapeutic as fuck. It was her favorite thing. She loved watching it. She loved betting on it. She thought it was super entertaining. When she's in like her teens... Her parents die. Both of her parents die. They don't say how. They just are dead. So then she moves in with some relatives. I don't know. She was hated among her family because sources say that like her uncle was so pissed that he had to look after her and that she was not a lady and she was like doing her own thing that he lied to her and was like, hey, I have these really cool tickets to this cudgel fight down on the pier. Do you want to come watch this fight with me? And she's like, sure, Uncle Jim. Like, why not? Creepy, weird uncles. Okay, here we go. He gets her down there and he's like oh it's like up on this boat and he tries to like ship her to america he just wants to be done with her what yes he just doesn't even want to deal with her did she ever ask for that no was she like i want to go to america send me she literally thought she was going to watch a fight and like bet on a fight And it was this boat to America. And she finds out when they're still in the pier. They're just taking off. And she's pissed. So she jumps overboard and swims back to shore. This is when her life really takes off. Now she's living on her own. She's living in the streets. And she takes to a life of crime. Because it's the 1600s in London. She becomes a badass. So she starts to form this alias. This is where her whole mall cut purse comes in. Because she would go up to people. And they had their little bags and purses. And she would just sniff the little strap 
and just take the whole purse and run away. So then she was nicknamed Cut Purse because she would literally cut purses and steal them and take them away. Shut up. Yeah. During this time, she started to dress as a man. So she started to cross-dress. There's a lot of controversial discussions about it. Some people say it was because she wanted to push the gender norms and wanted to speak out against women having to be feminine and this and that. I bet it wasn't even that complicated for her, though. I bet she was just like, this is what I want to do, and this is what needs to be done. Yeah. It is what it is. And I think that's more along the lines of what it is, is that she was an entertainer. So she gets into theater. She was like, what can I do to get people's goat and to get their attention and to piss them off? She was a picker. I know the type. I am the type. That's what it sounded like in her autobiography, that a lot of it was just to like, please the crowd. She's pickpocketing, she's cross-dressing, and then she starts getting put in prison. She starts playing it fast and loose and getting caught. Mm -hmm. She got burned, literally. They would burn her hands every time they caught her pickpocketing. That was the punishment of thieves. Your hands would get set on fire. I thought you got your hands cut off. So that sounds like a win to me. That was a different culture, I think. Or maybe before. Now they just burn you. After that happened, she learned her lesson. And she's like, I'm done with this whole like stealing purses. It's not worth my time. And it's I can get caught too easily. I need to do something else. So this is when she starts her theater career. Cute. She adopts this instrument called a lute, which is like a little ukulele thing. Isn't that what fucking Peter Pan used? Yes. It's like the little like dee 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 dee. No, that's a flute. No, 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 no. The one with all the little like tubes that are floated together. Oh, no, no, no. That's different as well. Oh. This is like a string instrument. So think of like a ukulele, oh. but it's like shaped different. She starts playing this and she starts performing, singing at the local pubs, tobacco shops and playhouses you know what playhouses are they're like sex houses or whatever what? playhouses oh i didn't know i'm sorry could we do an episode on that because i didn't know yeah that. oh we can definitely they're like brothels kind of like fancier brothels and what year is it late 1590s early 1600s so she is singing and dancing and playing this little instrument in all these local places while she's dressed as a man while she's smoking tobacco while she's drinking and swearing and doing all these things that are like oh a lady's doing that Scandal. Yeah, scandal. She turns it into this bit where she plays this character and gets all these people interested and like turn towards her. And then she has this little team of minions that run through the crowd and pickpocket people and steal people's shit mm-hmm. while they're mesmerized by what she's like doing on stage. I think you and I could do that really well, honestly. I mean, it's still a very popular form of pickpocketing throughout Europe. She started to get a name for herself and people would travel from all over town. So she's living in London, downtown London. And people would travel from, like, all the different zones to come see her because they either loved her or they hated her. They either wanted to throw fucking vegetables at her or, like, cheer her on for, like, what she was doing. Or see her live. Right, right, Yep. Right. There's even rumor that she got bet by a guy to ride a horse through the streets dressed in men's clothes because it was so taboo that he was like, I bet you such and such money that you wouldn't risk your reputation to, like, dress in men's clothes and show yourself off to the whole Oh, 
yeah, you want to bet, yeah. bitch? She rents a giant banner that she puts with the horse to ride behind her and a trumpet. And she like blares this trumpet through town to get people to come out of their homes and out of the taverns to be like, look at me, I'm dressed as a man. And then she gets back, gets this guy's money, and she's like, yeah, fuck you. Her zero fucks attitude Love you got so her. Her zero fucks attitude. She became the lead character in two different plays, a book and a play. She was so amazing that everyone was like, I need to write about her. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one of the plays or books or whatever got lost. But this other one, it was called A Roaring Girl. And it survived to this day. So it was written in 1611. The timeline gets messy. And then you like get these tidbits and you're like, got it. Right. That's where we're at. So she's like in her 30s right now. This roaring girl gets written by these two guys mm-hmm. who put Mary as the lead character and they represent her as a strong-willed matchmaker in this play. They ask Mary to be her own character. So they're like, will you be on stage as this roaring girl? Mind you, it's the 1600s. What were women not allowed to do in the 1600s? Be on stage, liver. They couldn't be on stage. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm going to let you finish that sentence because you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yes. They couldn't do anything. No, I knew that. Okay. We yeah. need to think about Shakespearean. This is all around the time of Shakespeare. So, like, no women on stage. Oh. Yeah. Got it. Women were being portrayed by young men to mimic feminism. Yes. I got it, got it, And got these it, got two it, yeah, playwrights yeah. were like, Mary, we want you to be in our play. Yeah. We don't want to cast a guy. We need you to play the roaring girl. And Mary's like, hell yeah. So she does it and everyone gets pissed. This theater, which is still standing to this day. Sorry, is she white? Is she white? I just have to ask. Yes, she's British. Well, you could be British and be black too. That's true. But she was Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, she was Anglo-Saxon. She was a white woman. (laughs) A white woman. Yes, yes. So she does this. Everyone gets pissed. Everyone's upset. And then the church gets wind of it because the church runs all in Britain at this time. Mm -hmm. And the church hears about it and they're like, oh, no, no, no. What is happening? She's doing what? And they instantly ban the play and publicly shuns this theater and labels it the nasty theater. (laughs) The theater that (laughs) <laughs> the nasty theater. I didn't know I how else to describe it because they just pretty much were like, they're promiscuous and they do sex and drugs and they're like, ugh. No one wanted to go there. Everyone got mad at Mary and she gets sent to Bridewell Correction House. Was that like a nut house? Kind of? Age? I'm saying nut house, not derogatory. I understand. It's not a sane asylum. Come at me. I'm just saying, is it a mental health facility? I don't quite know. Sometimes it says that it's a hospital for the, quote, insane, while others say that it was more like a prison. Not saying that it couldn't be a prison for mental illness. You know, I didn't get a lot of information. They send her there for a few months and it doesn't, quote, fix her. So then they're like, you need to give a confession and then you need to cover yourself in a white sheet and you need to stand in the middle of the square of St. Paul's Cathedral for public penance. And you need to hold a pickle in your left hand and you need to smear goat's blood on your forehead and you need to look at the sun, but not for too long. Like, I'm sorry, what? That is the church. They're like, you do this and you will be healed. You will be healed, Mary. Fuck the church! So she does it and then everyone's like, 
oh, everything Mary did, we're just going to forgive because she was crying Dude. during the whole thing. She was publicly admitting her shame, acting remorseful. And then they find out that she was just drunk as shit. She was so wasted that she was like, I'm sorry, Jesus. Oh, I'm crying, dead. weeping. That's literally me. Yeah. What? <laughs> they just were like, actually, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. This woman's just intoxicated. Okay. We're going to remove her from premises and everything will go on as planned. Yeah, Mary's just like, fuck your confession. I'm going to get wasted. And the way they described it, it sounds like she just drank hella wine. Hella wine. And just cried and pretended that she was sad for all the shit she did. Wow. After being in prison a few times, getting her hands burned, having this public charade of them trying to humiliate her and her just giving them a big fuck you, Mary was like, I need to get married. Because if you are married, you go up a class. You instantly go up a class if you're married and people hold you to a different standard. And Mary was like, they're coming after me because I'm single and they think that I'm a slut. So I need to get married because then my husband will be my alibi. I won't go to prison anymore. So she meets this man named Lucnor Markham. Spell that for me. L-E-W-K-N-O-R. Oh. So, like, lukewarm, but, like, different. Like yeah. Grosser. He probably was a lukewarm human. <laughs> when I tell you this was a marriage on paper, this was a marriage on paper. They didn't live together. They were never seen in public. He was never even mentioned in her will. It was straight up like, you are my husband, but I don't ever want to be seen with you or talk to you. Right. I don't respect you. Get away from me. I need your last name. That's it. I need your last name. Yeah. So she's still stealing. She's still putting on this charade. She's still wearing men's clothes, still going out in public and like doing all this taboo stuff. And then she starts becoming a literal matchmaker, finding these men who need mistresses. And then also finding these high class housewives that need sexy arm candy. And she's like, let me set you up. Let me get you their number. But in 1600. So like, let me get you their street address and their donkey. <laughs> Dude, yes. You're getting funny. Abby. I mean, and this woman is helping because she has a damn good story. You got a damn good story. It's so good. The nice thing now is she's able to grow this whole underground business mm -hmm. and no one's going to look at her any differently because now she's married and married women don't do that. Right. Married women sit at home and do nothing. Literally the minute she gets married, the entire law is like, oh, she's married. Whatever. On to the next criminal. So she's married so that absolves her of all of her sins, basically, you're saying? Pretty much. They thought that she was done with her life of crime and was going to become like a little angel because she got married. And Mary was like, ha ha ha. Huh? Oh. There's so many issues with that. Yeah. But it worked in her favor because now she was finally able to do whatever the fuck she wanted. She was like, no one's going to look at me. If anyone looks at me, I'm like, oh, I'm married. And they just leave me alone. She buys a storefront. So there's this place called Fleet Street in London, which is like a big flea market, pretty much. It's all these knickknacks, all these like secondhand stores, all these goods. Wasn't that in Sweeney Todd? The demon Barbara Fleet Street. Yes. See? I know. So think of Sweeney Todd because that's right around the same time. So she gets a little storefront on Fleet Street and this is her business. Thieves come in. So people who steal things come into her. She buys their goods that they stole. She puts them up in her storefront and then she just waits for the owners to come looking for them. And then when the owners come and look for them and find them in her storefront, she goes, oh, that'll be 75 pounds for that vase. Even though it's yours, it's mine now because I bought it. So now I'm holding on to it and now you have to buy it. 
to get it back. That's a sly bitch right there. It worked for her. She made some good money doing that. And that was her thing. She did that right up until she died. And then she opened a male escort business that catered to wealthy women because she realized that when women were going out to look for sex workers and, you know, like one night stands and those sorts of things, they wanted more than just the sex. They wanted to pay for some good conversation. So she started getting soldiers and getting these young men to come work for her and they would go out and be a hot piece of ass while they went to like the governor's ball that was amazing i know she was doing this was making so much money and then she unfortunately died in 1659 of edema which is basically swelling and like fluid retention. But she goes out with a bang because in her will, she requests to be buried face down, booty up. That's the way I like to In a last defiant gesture to the world. Wow. Dude. Good job. And that's Mary Frith. Mary Frith. I love her name. I love her whole vibe, honestly. I'm going to hell. Bury me face down. So I can kiss the devil when I get there. Bam. She was a badass. Yeah, so that's her. Good job, dude. I love learning things yeah. with you. I love chatting with you. Right? It's fun, too, because now that I learn about these women, I find myself remembering them when I'm doing very mundane, everyday tasks. Yes, dude. Yes. Oh, and I'm like, remember that girl who did so much fucking great shit for me, and now I'm able to do this, and it's amazing, and I love it. That's the goal right there. Like, but yeah, so wow, cool. That was it. Cute. Well, what's your uh, what are you doing this week? Your ASL classes are going well. Oh, so well. I am learning so much. It's desert is treating you well. Oh, I'm finally getting tan. It's great. It's happening. Should we stop and then we can talk about this stuff? Yeah, let's cheers it out. Here, I got it. All cheers. Oh, that was a bad one. You should do it. That was good. It's only because the wine glass you love me. See our corresponding Instagram posts for any additional resources, or feel free to reach out to our direct email at untoldhistory, spelled H-I-G-H-S-T-O-R-Y, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram.